0: Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech. This is the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Our podcast uses an interview format with industry and academic leaders and is intended for analytics-interested business professionals from the U.S. and beyond. Thank you again for listening to the Analytics Buzz. With us today, we have Keith Osborn Senior Analytics Consultant at Verizon, and we're talking about how to get a seat at the table, moving analytics function to a consultative role. Hi, Keith.
1: Hey, Beverly. How are you doing?
0: Good. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Let's start with an introduction. Tell us why you are so cool.
1: Well, there's a lot of reasons, but um, from an analytical perspective, I've been an analyst for probably 20 years at least, mm-hmm. going back to... Right after I got my MBA, and I've been in a, a couple of industries, a variety of roles, but always analytical. Um, started off, I was in the Army before I got my degree. I was an Army officer. But after I got my MBA, I was able to get a job on Wall Street with Goldman Sachs in the late 90s. That was an exciting place to be, uh, analyzing companies and uh, you know revenue and things like that. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, I went to a few other Wall, Wall Street firms, financial firms, pretty much always analytical. A lot of times managing money, but always using analytical uh, tools to to, uh, to to do that. And in 2007, I actually started a quant-based hedge fund called of Capital Group that unfortunately I had to shut down after about 18 months because of the financial crisis. Hedge funds became a dirty word, but it was entirely based on crunching data and looking at numbers and looking at patterns. Uh, and after that, I switched entirely out of finance uh, into sort of a pure analytical role while I've had a few steps along the way um, including a a couple of telecom stops at 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 AT&T and now currently at Verizon Mm -hmm. but pretty much always analyzing things so I mean if I had to paint a picture of my career It's 20 years of analysis. Um, I've also got a a little business on the side called Memory Fortress. Yeah. That's uh, that's a fun business that uh, I'm running. It's internet based. Uh, There's a lot of analytics in that too, using Google AdWords and things like that. So that's what's driving the marketing there.
0: Very cool. I didn't know you were in the military. What'd you do? Was it anything numbers based?
1: Uh, If you well, some yes. I was at the end. I was the chief logistician for a battalion, so I had to provide all the food, fuel, and ammo for 750 soldiers. To fight!
0: Wow, very exciting. Okay, so data's been your jam for twenty something, twenty something years, pretty much. And financial services now with telecom, and you own your own business called Memory Fortress. Very cool. Thank you. So um, we're talking about um, how to get a seat at the table and moving the analytics function to a more consulting type of role. So let's um, kind of set the stage with the analytics function. Period. There was sort of an evolution, um, and its it sounds like it started, uh, as we were talking earlier, with the realization that there were some business issues that were solvable by data. Can you sort of walk us through that beginning stage and how the heck we got into the non-consultative role?
1: Sure, absolutely. Uh, and this, I think, goes back to to my days on Wall Street. Um, financial firms are really good at capturing financial data. There's Bloomberg, Bloomberg. Uh, information service, there's Thompson. So the data has always been there. And what companies were slow to realize is that they could take advantage of this mountain of data that was really not very well organized. Um, Companies like Bloomberg and Thompson were among the first, and Reuters, to a lesser extent, were among the first to organize that data. Um, At the time, they just would get their most analytically-minded people to Mm -hmm. go in and jump in, and that's sort of what I was doing because people always looked at me as the numbers guy, the quant guy, so it was sort of natural for me to get asked. In fact, um, Abby Cohen, who uh, is, was, and still is the the um, one of the top people at Goldman Sachs um, when I was brand new, asked me to join a four-person team temporarily to do a, a study of the S and P returns from 19, I guess the 1950s on, uh, that had some surprising results. Um, but I was asked to be a member of that team, so it really was just sort of who seems bright, who seems analytical. Was the way it went back wow. then?
0: So it kind of started, and I can totally relate to everything you're saying. I know in the early '90s, when I was with Atlanta Gaslight, um, we saw a similar sort of um, starting point. So it sounds like you're saying it started with um, there's a specific project or an issue, something that has a dis, um, distinct time of start. You know, because of something that blew up, right? For mm-hmm. example. And let's go grab the most quant person that we know of <laughs> right? and ask them to help us solve it with data. Right. Is I, that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. In okay. fact, I was at Goldman when Goldman Sachs first started hiring PhDs who had uh, degrees in statistics or quantitative methods. That didn't happen before 1995, but by 2000, every firm was doing it. So it was in that period that you started to see them bring in specialized people and it wasn't just wall street it was pretty much all firms that had a mountain of data yeah would would say hey these people can add a lot of value to us let's actually hire them
0: okay so when you start with um the situation of there's a problem and we need it solved let's go grab somebody who's kind of quant oriented some engineer or some it person and ask them to help us solve it for this one project um it it sounds like this is um I hate to use this term, but kind of an order-taker role. Would you say that's a good description? Uh,
1: yeah, it, it could be depending on on what uh, they're trying to do. And I would say that it's more of an order-taker role the more data there is and the less ability they have to mine it themselves. Mm,
0: okay. Because
1: there, to me, there's a difference between being a consultative analyst and a data miner mm-hmm. who is really good at going into a database and just finding what's there.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, if we're talking about switching and turning the tables the other direction, what are the what's wrong with this? What are the possible issues of using your analyst as an order taker or taking the other direction? What are the benefits of switching this person into a more consultative role for your for your analysts?
1: Sure. Oh, to me, one of the most obvious. Disadvantages and advantages that is that you've got the the right role but the wrong person for it or you know to switch it the the right person in the wrong role. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times if your best analytical mind is digging into mountains of data to hand it off to someone else and that someone else has maybe been in marketing for fifteen to twenty years for a big company they've sort of grown up with the company they're not familiar with big data they they ask for something they get handed it and there's no analysis behind it, it's left to the least analytical person of the two of them Mm -hmm. to do the analyzing. And to me, that seems backwards. Mm,
0: Okay. So there's a a wrong fit that's clear. What are some of the other issues or benefits of moving in the the more consultative role?
1: I think people who have been trained to be analysts um, are also, by definition, uh, fairly trained in business in general, whereas a lot of the people who live deep in the databases, maybe don't have that much of a business background. So I think there's a natural fit. Just the person who is trained as an analyst has a, a more business-like mind to start with.
0: Okay. Business-like meaning that they are interested in solving problems as opposed to just digging through data?
1: Right. Okay. Right, And and not just answering the question that the senior executive wants answered, but go, going on and, and to see what opportunities might lie beyond that. Oh. Or... or you know, maybe finesse the data and say, well, you wanted me to answer this question. And I did, but there's all these other problems that have come up, or there's all these other good things that that I see that you need to know about. So there's an opportunity to do more than just give them the answer.
0: Oh, that they were originally asking. Right. So you're saying, um, if I'm hearing you right, that the analyst can be somewhat of an objective, they can take an objective viewpoint of it and say, Well, I understand the issue, so I'm going to answer the issue regardless of what your specific question was.
1: Right. I think back to the example of that person, that lifer who's been there 15, 20 years at the company, they may come in with an inherent bias because it's always been that way or because they're that kind of person. Mm -hmm. And I think the opportunity for the analyst is to hold up some, some findings and some recommendations and say, look, I know what you're thinking, but this is what I would recommend. Always have a recommendation or at least a viewpoint Mm -hmm. versus just, here's what we found. Here's what I came up with.
0: Got it. Okay. So given that um, we started down the path, you know, uh, maybe in the early 90s, because I know I started my career in 91 and that's exactly what we started as was an order taker. You know, we need this done and you just kind of had to do it. Um, And then we've addressed the second question, which is what are the issues or what are the benefits Um, How the heck do you do this? This is probably one of those things where it's easier said than done, is my guess. So what tips or advice or, um, you know, how do we go about navigating through an organization to shift not just an individual, but the the analytics function into a more consultative role and away from the order taking?
1: Sure. I think that one of the things that you have to do is um show real value mm-hmm. in, in what you're what you're doing. in other words, how do you it's sort of like justifying your own existence mm-hmm. or the existence of your organization. The organization I work in right now has a big budget um, but it could be in, in hard times it could be cut to nothing if they had to mm-hmm. uh, it would it wouldn't be very fun to do and it would leave the organization with a lot of qu- questions unanswered, but it could be done. So I think you have to always, look at it as justifying your existence and being able to put numbers to it. You know, but this recommendation, save the company X amount of expenses or gain the company X amount of revenues, because I pointed this out, you, you know, I think it's important to quantify that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can't be afraid to brag, it sounds like. You have to... Well-
1: it's not bragging. It's mm-hmm. just doing more than is asked and, and, and sh- having a different viewpoint as well, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I do at Verizon right now, I don't know how many times people look for an answer. And instead of digging in the data, I'll first just go to the website or go to wherever, wherever, whatever the customer might see. And it's staring me right in the face. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm asked to track link A, which is at the top of a page, four inches wide, and link B, which is down at the bottom in the foot or under the privacy policy, which one's going to get more clicks?
0: It seems obvious to you, it right? It seems obvious before yeah. I
1: even look at the data, which one's going to get more clicks. Right. And yet, I think a lot of marketing executives that get so caught up and just, they don't look, you know, step back and take a big 50,000 foot you and see what makes sense.
0: Got it. Got it. So some of it has to do with just that unbiased um, or at least less biased perspective as somewhat of an outsider not being um, as immersed in the business. Um, but the it sounds like at the heart of it, it, you have to show real value. Like you have to provide something. Not just answer the question that originally came to you, but answer the real issue.
1: Right. And and on a lot of things, if something's been done a certain way or it's a recurring ask or recurring report, whatever it is, um, it sometimes helps to blow it up and rebuild it mm-hmm. and say, look, you know, this made sense three years ago, four years ago, mm-hmm. but look at how the business has shifted. Does this make sense? Half the people are gone. We're, we're doing things very differently now. Why are we doing this part the same way? And so be willing to raise your hand and say, I will redo this the way we do this. I will take the lead on a KPI report. I will take the lead on the entire presentation to make it more sensible to today's environment.
0: Yeah, got it, got it. Well, and there must be a step too, because once you show the real value, that can't be the end, right? What? How do you know that you're there? What, what kind of uh, manifestation would you see if you were to just, let's say you're an alien, you come down, you look in a company, how do you know if that company is using their analysts in a consultative fashion versus an order-taking fashion? What does I, it look like?
1: It's pretty obvious because you st- you'll you see the analysts start to get asked a lot more questions by everyone, mm-hmm. not just senior management, but by everyone, because you develop um, a reputation as the go-to guy, the knowledge guy, or girl, um, someone who who can add value to whoever. And, so, and that's one of the things I've been fortunate enough to be at Verizon is that guy who gets asked all questions at all hours of the day because I tend to either know it or have seen it, or even if, I, uh, if I'm if i unfamiliar, I'll provide them a different viewpoint than maybe what they, they came in with. So I think that alien looking down on an organization would see the analysts get asked a lot of questions and not be just told what to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Does so that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. They're thinking, um, or you would notice that they are getting broader questions. They're getting a bigger audience. They're getting, and you kind of hinted about this as a reputation of sorts, you know, it's like that guy can answer those questions, you know.
1: And and they're more high level questions. That's the other part I left out before. The the questions, the more reputation you get, the higher level the questions are to Mm -hmm. the point of, do you think we should do this marketing test or not? Mm -hmm. You know, based on your experience, what have you seen in your career or what have you seen since you've been here?
0: So the types of questions, meaning more strategic in nature, they're um, probably more impactful for the business.
1: You can tell who's a junior analyst by the types of questions they get asked if they get asked any you know more tactical questions senior analysts m- more strategic more of a trusted partner
0: got it got it do you um, do you also and this is you know this is not to put, and meant to be a leading question because I'm not really sure anymore um, but do you also see that some companies tend to pull in their even their analyst level into meetings that are not data driven at all or not data type of meetings
1: I think that's starting to happen more okay. and more I've certainly been a part of those yeah yeah um, Believe it or not at Verizon the analytical function is a part of the marketing function. Ah uh, gotcha. So we report up through marketing. If you look at where marketing sits, that's where the analysts are. So they already are starting to become that trusted partner they actually want co-located right next to the marketing people.
0: Oh gotcha. So they're being pulled into conversations that are not just about data or analytics, but they're it's about the business and understanding the marketing or the operations or the whatever.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yes.
0: Awesome And then even proximity, they want to physically co-locate um, near the teams so that they can have those conversations It sounds like more freely.
1: right uh, there's a lot of time proximity means a lot that the fact that you're sitting 10 feet or 20 feet away from somebody else makes a big difference versus if they're in another town or another state.
0: Got it. Got it. okay. this is some great um, great advice and great ways to tell if somebody has moved into the, or this function has moved into a more consultative role. But of all the things we've talked about, what our audience is typically um, two to five years experience in data and analytics. Some of them are functional leaders. Um, So if you had to give one piece of advice, what one piece of advice would you give to anyone trying to move their analytics function into a more consultative role?
1: Okay. That's a pretty easy one. I would say first of all, you have to provide the answer to what's been asked. But if you provide only the answer and nothing else, it's only going to lead to more questions, which then require more answers. If instead of answering a question, you a- offer value, meaning you answer the question, offer recommendations, offer insights, new perspectives, um, every time you contact your customer, whoever that might be, your customer could be your boss, could be an internal customer, could be an external customer, whoever is looking for the answer, if you provide them extra value, you will quickly move from that order taker role to a more consult consultative role
0: very nice and you used a, a word that i think is super important in the, in all this which is um you said insights if you're able to give them real insights not just the answer that they had originally asked for but real insights into the business question um, then you'll move more into a consultative role
1: that is correct
0: fantastic Thanks again, Keith Osborn, Senior Analytics Consultant at Verizon and owner of Memory Fortress for being with us.
1: Thank you once again for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thanks again for listening to The Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Please connect with the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech via our website and join my network on LinkedIn, Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center. Thanks again, and have a great dataset. set.